Welcome to season two of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, the official podcast of the Breakaway Roping Journal. This season, we're bringing you all the interviews you love with the top ropers in the game, news about what's happening in the industry, training tips, and so much more. Plus, we're expanding to bring you news from other events that you love, like goat tying and tie down roping. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Happy Halloween. If you're listening at the time of this episode's release. If you are out trick-or-treating or terrorizing the streets with your kids, I hope that you are having a great time. And if you're cuddled up inside trying to avoid the cold like many people, welcome. Glad to have you listening. Now, as the seasons are changing, that also means our coverage at the Breakaway Roping Journal and at calfroping.com switch up a bit. We go from like the hardcore rodeo results every week and people being out on the road to a lot more faturities a lot more um, open shows, jackpots. And of course, we're also covering circuit finals and getting you guys prepared for all things NFR and national finals breakaway roping. So today, in the vein of switching that coverage a little bit, I am very excited to present today's guest to you. I had the opportunity to give a call to a great rope horse trainer who has been in the industry for decades. He's been to the NFR He is one of the winningest men when it comes to AQHA world. He's got over 24 AQHA world championships and reserve championships. He's trained tons of good horses, some of the best in the business. He is a family man. His wife's a barrel racer. I'm talking about the one and only C.R. Bradley. Now, the reason I got to give C.R. a call was because he just won the AQHA world show breakaway roping which, as I found out, was the first year that they've had breakaway roping at the World Show. So shout out to the AQHA for including breakaway ropers and getting on board with that. And he had just a brief little bit of downtime between showing in the calf roping and team roping at the AQHA World Show. And then he's going to head right over to the Riata Buckle. Not that far of a drive. We're just talking from Oklahoma City to Guthrie. And we'll probably run into CR at the end of the week at Riata Buckle. So I wanted to make sure that I got this episode out to you guys quickly to keep you in the loop so that you're not missing a moment of action. Now, like I said, CR doesn't need much of an introduction outside of he knows his stuff when it comes to the horses, the industry, just all parts of it. So today's episode, you're going to hear a lot more technical details. You're going to hear what it's like to rope at the AQHA World Shows. We also get into the breakaway and tie down roping futurities and what people can expect there because I do feel like there's a little bit of a barrier for a lot of people to get into these events. And, you know, they might be intimidated by them. They might not understand all the ins and outs that these events actually have a place for amateurs. They have a place for young horses and they have a place for open horses. Also, as you're going to hear, the mare that he won the AQHA World Show on is an 18 year old. I'm not going to give her breeding away because we talk about that in the episode and she is bred outstanding. We do as much as we can to break down those barriers and make these worlds less scary, less elusive for you guys to get into so that you don't feel intimidated and we can continue to advance the sport forward. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it off to CR. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation and I'm going to tell you more about our great sponsor, Fastback Ropes, at the commercial break. 
thank you again for talking to me today. Oh, no problem. Um, so where are you at now? Are you still in Oklahoma? We're still in Oklahoma City. We still have the finals of the calf roping and the team roping still to go. A couple days. And then we go to the Riata. Well, awesome. I'll see you at the Riata then. Yep. So talk to me about the horse that you won the breakaway on out there. So Sparky's Gold Digger, she's 18. Um, she's owned by um, Brandon and Dina Bowers of Haskell. Um, she's, I've been showing her for five years in the calf roping. And we've won reserve on her at the World Show. And we've won third um, three times. We've been waiting for the gold buckle, but we finally got in the breakaway. So this is the first year for the breakaway. Oh, okay. AQHA World. It's the first time they count an open world champion at AQHA in breakaway. Oh, wow. Was it just Futurity before that? So, no, they didn't have, so they didn't, they had an amateur breakaway where mm. you couldn't be a professional. They, and they've had that forever. Um, where non-professionals, they had a breakaway, but they've never had an open breakaway before um, at all. So this was the first one. Oh, wow. So for the person that knows nothing about how the AQHA shows work, I mean, how does it, how do you get to that point? Like with the qualifying shows, um, like how does that work? So you do have to qualify for the world show, which this year it was only one point because it was the first year. I'm mm-hmm. sure next year it'll go up a little bit. Um, but it paid really good. It, um, I won like $9,700. Oh, and, heck yeah. And, like even fifth paid good. So, I mean, it was, there's that, there's a little bit of added money to AQHA and they have the entry set up. It, it's kind of expensive, but you pay the AQHA entry fee and then they have a side pot that's a hundred percent payback. The side pot's totally paid back to the class. So it's paying all the classes roping, all the roping classes are paying good this year. And then how is that mayor bred? She is, I got papers right here, um, by Zan's Diamond Shine, who um, is a Shining Spark stud that Trevor showed at the World Show. It's been a while. Um, but he won the calf roping and healing on him um, at the World Show a long time ago. Okay. And a mare that went back to Colonel Freckles. And she was bred by um, Dennis Schroeder in Oklahoma. Jeff Carney trained her when she was young and showed her. Um, and then Jerome Steeberger had roped on her for a while and took, took her to the horse shows and rodeoed on her, I think, a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I've just been involved the last five years with her. And I, um, William Wayne rode her the first round of the American two years ago. Um, he won the Challenger series to get in the American a couple years ago and he rode her the first round. Didn't draw a very good calf, but, and I rode her the WCRA, one of, one of their, Finals or not finals, but one of the qualifiers for the big rodeos. Uh, like William Wayne, like Humpty. Yeah, Humpty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Humpty. Yes, Humpty rode her at the American <laughs> first round like two years ago. Oh, cool. And she's been rodeo. She's been rodeoed on a little bit. Um, but she's a really good calf horse, and her or I have I haven't breakawayed since I was a teenager, and I don't know that she she's been breakawayed on a lot. But I went to some um, the ultimate ropings this year, roped in the forty this fall to get ready for it because i haven't thrown that fast for a while yeah i was gonna say how how did you how did you switch things up for the breakaway well so i practiced this year or just this mostly this fall i practiced they they had a it was kind of a rumor that they might judge it like the futurities like do the um have the judges score then do the time added on to it um but they ended up just it was just on time this year oh so So, it was just slinging it was just time i was one seven 
um, how to bring a pretty good calf. Start wasn't a whole, I mean, you just had to let the calves do anything before you. And it was a little, it was a little bit faster set up than I thought. Um, but it was, we, we got it on. She stopped really hard. I think that's what, uh, second was one eight, and there's a one nine and two one. Um, also, right, I was the last one to go, so I kind of knew what I had to do. But I roped him, and the mare stopped really hard. So got got a good flood. Heck yeah! So I'm going to get a little bit technical here because um, some of our listeners, you know, they might not fully understand the difference in the styles, like you're talking about with yep. the scoring versus the time. So just kind of break that down for me um, as a rider. What you do mm-hmm. differently with those horses when it's timed versus scored. So normally the AQHA, most of the classes are scored. Um, they, they judge your horse um, starting, at, starting at 70, and then they plus or minus each maneuver. They can plus or minus a half or a one up to three uh, or negative three, and then they got penalties if they're bad. Um, so normally we're just trying to show the horse. So we're trying to set the run up. They judge them in the box. They run, judge running rate, stop, like working rope and a calf rope, and the setting steer team rope and facing um she also the mayor won the uh i won uh, the high score in the prelims this morning in the calf rope but she's a 231 and a half in the first round and her finals are tomorrow for it but she was really she was great in the calf rope in the day too but um for the judge part we don't you don't really have to go that fast you more it's more about making a really good run like you run you run them all the way in there and try to set them up good in, in the middle of the arena and just go make a good run. It doesn't really, being fast doesn't really have anything to do with it. Of course, you don't want to be too long where it looks bad, but he's want to make a nice, smooth run. And they're, they're watching the horse to see what how well-trained they are and how well they, how well they work. And I imagine like if you're going in a scored competition and you're trying to be, you know, 1-7 or 1-8, you probably don't get a chance to show your horse off as much. No, no you don't. And that's like, uh, you don't really have the, in the calf roping, like the score part, you don't really want to rope them too fast. Um, like you kind of want to run to the middle of the arena and run them all the way, like run your horse all the way in there and show that they can run all the way there, then rate and then rope. Um, so you don't really No, I have not practiced going that fast since I was a teenager. I want to be so, in the, pra- I want to be like a fly on the wall in the practice fund when, pen when you're trying to remember. <laughs> I, I, I was really good as a teenager. Like, well, they had a, they had, so they have breakaway at the corridor shows for the youth too, for under 18. And uh, I practiced a lot back then, but like, even when I rodeoed, when I was a calf roper rodeoing, I didn't really like to rope them in two swings. I, I feel like I could run three swings and set everything up. I'm faster running them one more swing. So I hadn't practiced the two swings. In, I guess 30 years. I'm getting old now, <laughs> but but no, it, I had a, I roped the dummy a lot, and the ultimate ropings helped me a little bit too. That was was good to get get out and go somewhere and try it. I'm going to switch directions a little bit here. Yeah. When you're training one, if you're training one to go more a breakaway direction for somebody versus more of a tie down direction, or is there anything mm-hmm. you do differently in your training process besides you know obviously tying down the horses? Not really. Um, you know, I have figured it out this fall that you do need them to stop. No, they can't slide very far. Mm-hmm. Or your time doesn't, or your time doesn't stop very fast. I figured that out this fall going to the jackpots. Um, yeah, I mean, you want them to still stop smooth, but um, calf roping, well, especially now that I'm a little bit older, I like them to give me a little bit of time 
in their stop and slide. I mean, go to the ground with their hind end first and give me a little time to get off before they finish it and break away. I kind of, I mean, I, I, I'm big on timing. And like this mare, when she was a little bit younger, she was pretty tight. But I'm really big on working on timing. Like I want to let me throw the rope and still be running. I mean, still be running through my throw. And then when I pull my slack, really stop. Um, but now she has really good, really good timing on her now. And she'll let me throw, but she has a, but she, when she goes to the ground, it's still, it's hind in first, but it's, it's pretty deep and it's pretty quick. Today's episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. Fastback Ropes offers two options for breakaway ropers. One of them is for calf ropers as well. And that is the Fastback Edge. The Edge is a four strand calf rope made of texturized poly. It's a tough and durable rope that is made to stand up in all conditions and outlast the competition. Some of its claims to fame are that it stays true no matter what weather conditions you're in. It has very little stretch and it's a very low maintenance rope. This is a great one for beginners. It's very easy to take care of, very durable, and it's just a very smooth and quick rope. Now, for breakaway ropers, especially those that prefer a core in their rope, the pink Athena rope is a phenomenal breakaway rope. It's a four-strand rope with a purple-dyed polycore. The polycore provides an enhanced tip weight and durability. It's a tough and durable rope made to stand up in all conditions and has a very snappy finish in close. Both of those ropes are available in an extra soft and soft leg. For more information, head to www.fastbackropes.com. Again, that's www.fastbackropes.com. And be sure to follow them on social media and thank them for supporting Breakway Ropers. Okay, back to today's episode. Now, as far as a rider, when you're setting up those stops, you talked about timing. What what does your timing look like with your throw, how you're riding? I mean, you can get as technical as you need to. Sure. Um, well, I never did get off. I wasn't ever great at getting off. I, I never <laughs> did double barrel or get off get off in front of them. But, um, so I like them to go. I like to finish my throw. And it really matters. Like, I think it's the most important thing is they hit their hind end first and don't use their front end at the beginning. Um, and especially the calf rope. And so the, like when if they'll drop their butt, they can kind of drop their butt when you're finishing throw, but they're kind of sliding and it's smooth. And then when I pull my slack, I want them to get into the stop, but I don't really want them to finish until at the very end with their front end. Um, this mare does a really good her shoulder. I'm big on keeping her shoulders up. And that helps do that. Like, if you got the shoulders up, then their hind end goes down first, and it's way easier to get off of, and it's way smoother. Um, and then, then kind of when the calf hit, when the rope hits, gets the calf gets the end of the rope, then I kind of wanted to finish and push off and go back. Okay, that makes sense. So, if somebody's looking to get into the showing world or get into, like, let's say the AQHA world. Um, is there anything like special rules or anything that you've learned along the way? I'm sure. I mean, I know I could probably talk to you for hours about that, but anything that really jumps out that people kind of don't realize when they get into it? Not really. Um, so you, you enter a show, you have to qualify for the world show. So you have to go to some coral shows during the year um, that have roping. And um, like in calf roping, you're not, you don't use a jerk line in a calf roping, no metal tie downs or. Um, okay. chain tie downs um but um not much they most so like in calf rope and they they have ju- like each show 
that will have a judge or sometimes they have two or three judges and each each judge gives a set of points and then for like every five exhibitors there's one one point up to like 45 they, they give nine points so first wins if first if there's 45 in and there's a nine point class first gets nine points and second gets eight and down down the line to ninth gets one um so you're trying to get points during the year to get qualified for the world show okay and then the world show is kind of the where they you win the world they do have a high point for the year whoever gets the most points but you're mainly mostly we're trying to get the world show and then try to win the world show okay so it's not really and, that and, scary no no and then there's some good shows the stock shows have really big roping um fort worth and houston and jackson all have really good corridor shows with them oh, okay interesting so, and yeah, and the world, and, and then they have am, an amateur division that you cannot have a, a professional card or train horses for other people. And in an amateur, you have to ride your own horse. Okay. So, and then, but the world show pays. It's paying really good this year. I don't. I bet the team. I bet that there's 120 in the heel, and I bet it'll pay 30,000 winning. Dang. Yeah. No, it's paying really good. Calf roping will pay over 10,000. I'm sure there's. Um, about 50 in both the junior and senior calf rope. And so in most of the classes are divided um, junior and senior juniors, five horses, five and under, and then seniors for horses, six and over. But the breakaway being its first year, they just had one open division for the breakaway this year. Mm-hmm. Now that mayor, um, Chelsea mentioned that that sire had some really great breakaway horses. I think Jackie's T boy um, and maybe her yeah. Hail Mary horse that she's got now. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good. That's a good. I remember that said, and I rode a couple. I rode a couple by him, and he's a good horse. They could run a little bit, and they were good horses. And oh, this one, she's a full sister to Jake Long's the the, the older Sorrel heel horse as horse of the year. Was okay, it, was a Colonel. I don't know if that's right. I think Colonel. But yeah, Colonel, that was horse of the year. The Sorrel. This one's a full sister to him. Are there any other bloodlines that you've been liking for the breakaway or calf horses or any that you've been riding lately? Um, I have a couple of metallic cats, um, and they're very athletic. Um, I'm starting to, but that's, I, I had hips or I had both hips replaced last year. So I haven't rode as many calf horses this year. I just started tying down again about a month and a half ago. Um, well, after, after the hip replacement, but. Um, so I haven't had very many new ones lately. Okay. So, so now I'm going to grill you about that because yeah. we have had some, we've had some people ask about coming back from, you know, injuries or surgeries. And I mean, I imagine, was there any kind of adjustment for you coming back or did you have any hurdles? No. So I started riding after two, I had both of them replaced. It's about six weeks apart and it went well. And I started riding about six weeks. So six to eight weeks after the second one. Oh, wow. And, and everything's riding has been fantastic. Um, I didn't even try to tie down until this summer because I really wasn't in a big hurry. I didn't need to, until the world show. And, um, biggest thing I had to get back in shape and I was weak. Like my hips felt really good and I was flexible. You could sit on a calf, but I wasn't strong enough. And I had to go to the gym. I went to the gym four days a week and worked out pretty hard for the last two months. Not really helped. Yeah, Did I you went, work with a trainer or? Um, no, I have in the past. Um, no, I didn't. I maybe should have. Um, my son has <laughs> trainers for basketball and everything, but get in shape, but I didn't go to one. Um, but the main thing I was, I wasn't strong enough 
like I tried to find cash one time about three months ago and it was awful. But so I had to really get, I had to get stronger. And since then it's been good. So dare I ask, um, how old are you? Um, 46. 46. Okay. Yeah. So you're a spring chicken. My my weakness, uh, my weakness, uh, I am, I'm a calf roper. I'm so old as a calf roper. Um, so, okay. When you were in the gym, what are some of those exercises that you were doing to build your strength back up? Um, well, I started, um, cardio, the elliptical, then I run on treadmill, um, squats, not too heavy a weight. I mean, I didn't do, I didn't do any like big weights, but more like squat, like wall sit squats, then lunges. Okay. Um, Using those body weight exercises. Yeah. I didn't do heavy weights because I was scared with my artificial hips. I didn't do super heavy. Didn't trust um, those yet. Yeah, I didn't do. And then just some legs, like machine stuff on my legs. Just try to. And it it took me, after about a month, it started really helping. It's way better now. Awesome. So for that, with that being the first AQHA show that, you know, had breakaway at the world show, mm-hmm. what was the turnout like? Just kind of talk to us about what that event looked like. Was it mostly guys showing up? Was it a lot of girls? Did they have a good turnout? It was about half and half. Um, the um, shooters mustard have paid. Do you think more people would try it next year? Um, it was about half. Ryan Jarrett, one second. Um, I think a lady did one fourth um but no i think it could be it could get tough but other than for as much as it pays i think more people could do it and it'll pay like if they get a, even a few more it'll pay they pay, they're good about paying down and it's not too top heavy um but it, it's going to pay really good the way that we have the um pay scale set up now interesting and it cost about cost about a thousand dollars well a thousand twelve hundred to enter the world show but twin ten thousands worth it. It's nice that you can do it on any age horse, though. Yeah, this year it was any age, and any like, and even they do split a junior senior. You can still show five and under in one class and six and over in the other class. And so this year, being the first year, they only did one round. Um, I'm sure after this year, it's going to be like you rub one prelim round and take top fifteen to the finals, probably next year. Okay, that's how the calf roping and team roping are set up. Yeah, yeah, and it's a clean slate finals oh cool yeah um now calf roping is that scored like normal or is that just time yeah it's scored no it's totally everything in aqha and they don't do like the maturity there's no time added on or anything it's strictly scored at the world show there's five judges and they drop the high and low score and add the other three together oh and so like the normal like say like the stock shows in fort worth and stuff there'll be three judges but you get but they're basically separate and you get points per for each judge. So the combined doesn't really matter. It's just each judge is its own show, basically. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, so you've been doing this a long time. You you've seen kind of the whole industry evolve. We've been talking a lot about where the calf roping and tie-down fraternities are going. And what do you see coming up or what are some events that you're excited about? Um I'm going to go to the gold buckle fraternities um, this winter. I think it's good. Um, we kind of lost some of the calf roping fraternities this year. Uh, the Royal Crown had some good ones. I didn't rope calves this year, Adam, because I wasn't ready. Um, 
but they're they sure pay good. And um, and I do have one of mine entered at the Grotto Breakaway. Um, Cheyenne McCartney's going to ride him. Oh, sweet! Um, Thursday. Yep. So I'm excited about that too. That thing's going to look the 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 whole thing, the whole Riata buckle looks really good. So I think the gold buckle and as much money as they're adding, mine are in the um, stallion incentives. Twos, yeah, the gold buckles. I think that'll pay really good too. I get you. Are you planning on sending any to Ruby Buckle? Do you have any in that? Um, I haven't had any in the past. Um, I don't think I've had any bred that way, except for my wife's barrel horse. But and they they did they did break away on him the first year they had it, but it wasn't with me <laughs> yet. But but I, he's he's a better barrel horse than he is a breakaway horse. So I don't know if we'll do that. At Ruby last year, I think there was a lot. I, I was there last year, and it, I think there was a lot mm-hmm. of them that were more barrel horses. <laughs> yeah, this one, this one is. <laughs> Um, are there any like barrel bloodlines that you'd want to rope calves off of? Um, I did breed. So my old road mare, she has a filly that I team rope on. That's a line share of fame. So we bred her to a um, um, winner's version. Oh, wow. Of course, I'm not sure. It'll be a, probably be a head horse, not a breakaway horse. But but I, I really like the winner's version for the heading in barrels. Um, the breakaway, that. That Colonel Freckles that this mare goes back to, boy, they used to produce a lot of good ones that, that all made good calf horses. Well, is there anything I'm missing about this mare or the world show? Or, I mean, I'm probably going to be talking to you at some point at Riata. She's she just been really, she's done really good in the calf rope and leading up to that. And she really hadn't been breakaway a lot. I mean, I took her one of the ultimate ropings, and I think I won, won the 4D on her, the one I took her to, but. She really hadn't been break weight on much. She's just been a calf horse, but she scores really. She's a solid calf horse. that scores really good and really leaves off my hand. Um, stops really good, so she's just easy to rope on. With her being eighteen, have they done anything special to keep her going? No, they get embryos out of her, and she doesn't have a real hard life. She gets embryos. We get her qualified <laughs> usually for a world show, and then they get embryos out of her in the spring. So she has off all spring, and then I kind of leg her back up and start roping on her about. Um, in August, first September. Okay, so she's a mama too. Yeah, so she's had a lot. She's had quite a few babies. So. Awesome. But I don't think, yeah, I don't know how the oldest ones are. But awesome. And what do you guys call her? Um, Sparky's. Um, barn names either. We we kind of call her Sparkles, or her owner calls her Dig. Sparkles. Her Nothing inspires fear like a horse named you know, Sparkles. Sometimes they call her Yellow, but yeah. <laughs> she's a she's a, in really super easy to be around and good horse, real good horse. Awesome. Are you pumped up to watch the breakaway finals this year? Oh yeah, yeah, we will. Oh, uh, no, I think the breakaway's grown so much. It's a great event, and I think that's why QHA added it, just because it's breakaway's gotten so big. Awesome. Well, no I will be seeing you at Riata, and thank you again for your time today. Okay, thank you. All right, bye bye. All right, you guys, I hope that this interview gave you a little bit of a deeper understanding into how the AQHA shows work, how the futurities work, the scored competitions, and maybe gave you a little bit more confident if that's a world that you've been looking to dive into. Personally, my favorite part of this interview was CR discussing the timing and his stops. I think that that's a really great piece of information. I know that I've struggled in the past with my breakaway horses really setting up those stops and the timing because I came from a barrel racing background. And let's be for real, 
the brakes are not the most important thing sometimes in the barrel racing. So anytime that I can pick somebody's brain on their style of stopping, how they train it, how they ride it out, I always jump on that opportunity. Now, coming up, as I mentioned before, we are heading straight to Guthrie for the Riata Buckle. We're excited to see a lot of those guys and girls come over from the AQHA World Show, which is in Oklahoma City, straight over to Guthrie at the Lazy E. We're going to be there for the richest breakaway roping of the year at the Riata Buckle, and I'm going to do my best to make sure that you guys are getting the best information out of Riata. So again, if you're thinking about getting on a Riata Buckle horse, getting involved in that event in 24, it's not a scary thing. You can kind of understand how to get involved. Also super excited to watch CR's horse with Cheyenne McCartney. Those of you that have been longtime Breakaway fans, you probably know her as Cheyenne Gullery. She was one of our recent guests on the episode. Make sure to go back and check that out. She got married to tie-down roper Cody McCartney, so congratulations to them both. We will be seeing them at Riata. Make sure that you're following us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook to keep up with all things rodeo, futurity, open shows that we're covering on the breakaway roping side, and then head over to calfroping.com. Follow us on social there if you want to keep up with calf roping news. We're covering circuit finals right now. We have an article about to come out on the horse of the year. That was Shelby Beaujolais Anna for the pro rodeos. So just a lot of things happening. You guys want to make sure you're staying in the loop before the national finals breakaway roping and the NFR coming up in December. Now, if you head to breakawayropingjournal.com, you can find this episode and other articles if you want to dive deeper into any topics like maturity. I'm going to link the articles about that we have on the Team Roping Journal about Jake Long's Colonel Horse that is a full sibling to the mare that CR won the world show on. And then we're also going to have some articles on T-Boy and Hail Mary linked in there so you can read about the other uh, paternal siblings of that mare. If you're in the market for a rope, make sure you head to www.fastbackropes.com and check out the Athena and the Edge. Again, that's at fastbackropes.com. And be sure to follow them on social media as well. Let them know that you're listening. Let them know that you are grateful that they are supporting Breakaway Ropers. Be sure to stay tuned in to this podcast because we have some outstanding interviews coming your way from rodeo folks and fraternity trainers in the next few weeks. I hope that wherever you're at, you are staying warm, you are staying dry. Spooky season is not too spooky for you. And I hope that you are, of course, cashing checks and roping necks wherever you are.